What do you love to do? Can you remember the last time you had a hobby that didn't involve an ulterior motive? That didn't involve money or hustle culture and that made you feel maybe a little bit vulnerable and afraid to be judged? I want to hear about that story. We all have something that gives us passion and it's my goal to re-inspire you to find the joy in your life by talking with other people about the things that make them happiest. I'm Megan Bream. This is Anything But Beige. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. I am super pumped for you to check out this interview. It is so great and there's a reason she's my first because I had so much fun going through this. Her name's Alicia Lane and she is one of the biggest champions I have ever met when it comes to slow fashion or sustainable clothing. And just want to give you a heads up that a couple of things we talk about are her actual pieces and clearly you are listening to this and not watching it. So if you want to see her actual pieces, I suggest you head to my YouTube page and I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode so you can actually see the pieces Alicia has created. But she is just amazing and her course all about helping people find their creativity while creating sustainable fashion is just like there are people doing cool things and then there's Alicia who is blowing us all away. So without further ado, here is my interview with Alicia Lane about slow fashion and sustainability. Hello everyone. Hello Megan. My name is Alicia Lane and I'm founder of Seven Crafts Boutique and uh, Slow Fashion Boss. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. I'm so excited to hear about this. My story is a long one. Great. Uh, I was born in Ukraine, uh, in case you're wondering what's up with my accent. <laughs> and <laughs> um, my corporate career and my education uh, were not connected to creativity or textiles or fabrics or so on at all. Mm -hmm. And it's just my path and uh, the way it was developing during the years, it just brought me to the stage where I just love upcycling and I love teaching people and I just promote textile waste reduction in everything I do. So how did you get, what was the catapult from your corporate life into um, figuring out about sustainable fashion and upcycling and then going and saying like, I, this is my calling. I have to go do this. Uh, you know, I had my first upcycling project around 25 years ago and I chopped my father's t-shirt and made it up for myself. <laughs> and, did, uh, did he know, or was this a surprise? Um, yeah, they, they knew my parents knew about that. Uh, my mom had a sewing machine at home and knitting machine. So I was growing in this environment, watching my mom making things, sewing things. So my yeah, first, first project 25 years ago, and I was making jewelry from small bits and pieces. And I was embroidering my jeans with beads. And I was making handbags for me from my mom's old bags. So it was like all the time I was making something from something. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, you know, there was no such word probably upcycling at that time. Uh, upcycling, it's uh, making something new from old item and to make it a better value for you. 
for example, something that you know you haven't been using for a while, and then you made something, and it's really valuable, and you appreciate it more, and you use it more, and you like it more. Mm-hmm. So that's upcycling. This prefix up. That's what it's meaning. And uh, I, my first diploma was English uh, teacher, huh? and then management, and then I did MBA in play relations, and nothing to do with fabrics or fashion. <laughs> uh, but I was still working with clothes, you know, mending, upcycling. I was still doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a turning point. We moved. Uh, I've been living in the Middle East for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. And we moved to the UK uh, a few years ago. And I noticed that there are so many charity shops here. And, uh, uh, yeah, my <laughs> sign fell off. <laughs> no you want to get it or it's fine? Oh, that's okay. Okay. Um, And I noticed there are so many uh, charity shops here and I started asking questions. Mm -hmm. What's happening and why and where the clothes goes, where it's coming from. And, you know, and I discovered I did research and I discovered that uh, it's not really good what's happening. Mm -hmm. So I started really raising awareness and talking to people about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was a point for me when I had you know, turning point. Um, I cannot say I was really depressed, but uh, I was really anxious because kids were growing. Mm. And I had to think what I'm going to do with my life. And I was about to make her own decision. Uh, I was thinking either I'm going to college and study something and get a job here. Mm. And uh, the, I had two options, either environmental protection or counseling and mental wellness. Mm. So I started doing research and see how I feel about it. And my creative voice was so loud at the time that I felt even worse by doing this research because my creative voice thought that I'm going to make her own decision and my creative voice will not have a chance to speak again, you know? (laughs) Yeah, sure. If I become an employee, you know, I wouldn't have time to do all this things and create beautiful items and teach others. So I just decided to drop the idea and I started giving sewing classes instead. Mm, wow. That's crazy. That's so inspiring, especially um, what I'm interested in is you had said that you had sort of learned about charity shops and uh, the just basically how they weren't living up to their promise, I guess. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, only 30% of all donated and collected clothes in UK, only 30% is being sold in the UK in charity shops. Oh, my God. The rest is being exported to Africa, Eastern Europe, or to be sold on secondhand markets. And if it's not sold, it's landfills or incineration. Wow. Uh, only 1% of all clothes can be recycled in the world. Only 1%. Why? Because of the way it's made. Mm. It's low quality. It's mixed fibers. And, uh, uh, you know, fabrics is low quality and threads, polyester, uh, you know, viscose, 50-50 cotton polyester. So it's not really possible to recycle it and make something really, really worth, you know. And that's uh, unfortunately how it works. And on the planet we have at the moment enough clothing for six generations. 
of human race if we look at if you look after it in a proper way so it will be enough for six generations uh i heard it um, in great british so and b it was a shock uh-huh. and uh Unfortunately, not many people know about that. They just take things to charity shop and they hope that uh, it will be looked after and they do something good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not the case. To make a pair of jeans, let's say, it takes around 7,000 gallons of water. Just in addition, yes. Wow. In addition to chemicals, dyes, and waste. Uh, cotton is very thirsty. It needs a lot of water, and there is a big problem with it. Um, rivers go dry, and you know, uh, Indian farmers they commit suicide because they take loans and they cannot repay it. It's really difficult to grow uh, cotton, you know, pesticides, and it's it's really difficult and complicated issue. On one side, we have sustainability and. Uh, Another part of the problem is corporate social social responsibility mm-hmm. about safe uh, and healthy conditions of workers, their wages, uh, and all process starting from growing uh, cotton, for example, and up to you know the point when we buy items from the shop. That's interesting, especially you know you're talking about. Basically, we, we all have to do something, both sustainability and corporate. So um, when you're talking about six generations of clothing, do you mean in terms of all of the fast fashion stuff too? Or is that separate? Just um, how do we how do we get better at not being so terrible with our fashions and with things like that? Uh, there are so many ways. For example, if I ask you to go for 200 days without buying anything new, would you be able to do that? Uh, the caveat that I do mostly shop at thrift stores, so something new for me, probably not. But oh, something okay. new, I mean, in my head, I think I could do it, but probably not. I'd probably yeah but charity shops and the vintage markets it's an exception so you don't buy anything it's not something new it's pre-loved so that's fine um some people are uh, struggling a bit about it uh, you know Uh, the thing is with our mentality is some people have prejudice against pre-loved and um, vintage but sometimes you can find really gems there (laughs) I buy vintage per loft. Oh, wow. And if you take your stuff to a charity shop, then you need to be ready to buy something from there. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, you know, that's how it should be. Let, let's be fair. Mm-hmm. And, uh, instead of buying, some people can afford buying from sustainable brands. Mm-hmm. And instead of doing that, they buy, let's say, 10 items. Then they spend uh, 100 pounds. And instead of buying, let's say, two items of good quality that they will cherish, they will look after in a proper way, you know, it will be something not only for one season, it will be something classic looking, classical, you know, colors, uh, shape, cut, fit, you know. So it will be much better instead of going for 10 items and throw them away without any respect. So it sounds like it's a case of, quality versus quantity right and I think that a lot of people have issues with 
just the consumeristic culture that we have. How do you recommend, like, what are the baby steps to get out of that? Um, you just need to, uh, all right, uh, to have an organized uh, wardrobe is very helpful. So you know where your things are, what you have. And, uh, for example, uh, there were some studies and around 40% of uh, average women, they are struggling to find something in their wardrobe at least once. Mm -hmm. And 10% uh, of women, they get very upset and depressed even when they open their wardrobe. <laughs> so, uh, then there are some numbers like uh, around 30% of women they have something that is too tight or too loose in their wardrobe and mm -hmm. it's easily fixable. And uh, you just need to organize all your stuff, go through it and to find those items that you don't wear and uh, just think about the reasons why. Mm -hmm. If it's too tight, too loose, it's easily fixable. If it's a wrong size, a wrong, uh, a wrong color, sorry, or wrong style, mm -hmm. it's also easily fixable. I have a sample for you, example to show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a pair of trousers, formal trousers. That's amazing. So that's the case when you change the style. I don't wear formal clothes anymore because uh, for me, corporate, my corporate job was, you know, it's in the past. So yeah. <laughs> wear these trousers so to make them casual very casual i, I dismantled that. my son's pair of jeans mm -hmm. that's when they were small and we we're wearing this pair of jeans when they were le learning to walk you know mm -hmm. and put them as patches and this pair of jeans even was patched here before you see yeah i love that i love the embroidery yeah it, it it's a patch on denim on jeans when they were wearing yeah so I put them as these patches like this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, when I wear this pair of trousers, people ask me, oh, wow, that's good. And I tell them a story and they love it, you know. Yeah. And for me, getting dressed in this way so people notice me and people talk to me and people ask me questions. And then for me, it's a way, it's a chance to talk about the situation with charity shops and, you know, textile waste. So it's really useful. And I try to always dress, have my handbag that I was uh, that was made from a school jumper. Oh wow! Make yeah, and also you know. So for me, it's like my clothes: conversational, conversation starter, icebreaker, or showstopper. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I really love this pair. That's when the garment uh, has a story to tell or memories. You know, it's mm -hmm. really something to hold on to and I, I really like it it's cool <laughs> and I, I love that it's it's a new way to um to love a memory I guess yeah that's true one thing you had mentioned was um mental wellness and how upcycling can contribute to that so you know just seeing um, the joy in your face as you talk about the story behind these trousers and how much you love that um you know, you've been helping other people discover upcycling and sustainable living with clothing. So uh, what changes have you seen in terms of other people's mental wellness and mental health and um, anxiety or anything like that? Um, I've read a lot about it. And uh, um, 
at first, of course, I'm happy to see when I inspire people mm -hmm. and when they uh, make these tiny steps and when they do something and I see my students' first projects and it's amazing, absolutely amazing, and they love it and they're happy. And uh, my recent intake in my online course, uh, they're doing already some embroidery and it's like, you know, absolutely... Um, nothing interesting uh blouse gray color mm -hmm. and yeah it, it's a bit boring it's and i can see the destiny's charity shop of this blouse <laughs> sure but my student uh she did embroidery around the neckline and then along the closure um with white yarn white and beige together mm -hmm. and it's really really nice and then she did embroidery some flowers where the brushes are usually worn uh -huh. here on the shoulder and it's close to face so it will be noticeable mm -hmm. and it, it makes really a big difference uh, so they're excited they're very happy to see the results and when they post their projects you know they're really proud uh, of the sales it, it's really great and i know that it's difficult to keep up with fashion fast fashion trends right it's really difficult it's not good for our wallets our mental health because it's pressure additional pressure for our heads our minds but when you learn uh, something new learn the skill it definitely will boost your self confidence mm -hmm. and you get this wow moments from your family and friends and then you will tell them let's say oh i learned this and i did this and and then you will be able to uh, sew, hand sew small gifts for your family and friends as well. And handmade gifts are really, really valued. They're appreciated. Mm -hmm. It's something special, I think. And uh, even for me, I noticed when I do uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes hand stitching before I go to sleep, I relax. Wow. No matter how full my head is with thinking, you know, never, never ending, uh, I relax hand stitching and it really helps and that's why it's called slow stitching meditation mm, i was gonna say it sounds like med meditative for you yeah yeah it's it's really great it, it relaxes you have some me time relaxing time it's really good no matter what you do maybe crocheting or knitting or hand sewing or something else any hobby, any craft, it really helps. Mm. And it's good if you can find time for it to relax. It, it's, it is important. So you mentioned briefly that you're doing a course about this. How mm -hmm. does that work in terms of, I know you said um, before that before we had started this, that you were doing it face-to-face, -face, but now because of COVID and everything, it's yeah. online. So how does that all work? Yeah, I had a few uh, difficult weeks when everything stopped and my life stopped mm -hmm. and I couldn't teach face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. For me, I think it's unfair to keep all my knowledge, ideas and inspiration to myself. I need to share it with people. Uh, I mean, if I was given this, then I, my, my purpose to, to learn, to teach others. And I learn myself a lot. I learn, I practice, I experiment, whatever imaginable and unimaginable things and then I teach the best bits to my students so yeah when we had the lockdown and I didn't know what to do I and then I just started writing a tutorial PDF tutorial and it went so easy because my corporate career part of my job was writing procedures and uh, policies and flowcharts for big uh, multinational companies 
That's perfect for tutorials and things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And here, I just need to write something what I'm passionate about. So mm -hmm. it was so easy. I absolutely loved it. So I made a tutorial and then I thought, okay, let me convert it into an online course. Yeah. And I uh, made five videos for five lessons, mm -hmm. uh, created five uh, worksheets, added some extra information, uh, what you will need to learn in order to upcycle your garments, create unique pieces, and what aspects are included into this uh, project upcycling, called upcycling. Yeah, what you need to do, what you need to take into consideration and put all additional links, additional information, some tasks, you know, and some reference to my tutorial, of course, because there are some theory projects and tips, what to do, what not to do, and uh, just put it out there. And yeah, that's how I didn't expect it to be like that. And I loved it, yeah. <laughs> that, that's amazing to me that you found this and you loved it so much that you taught it to other people and you're you're building this community of connections of, and it's for a greater good too you know it's not just i don't know a class about something that doesn't have a higher purpose you know what i mean yeah 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 that's true and that's probably something that pushes me every day uh keeps me awake sometimes at night <laughs> <laughs> all my ideas and you know <laughs> The, yeah, yeah, they never stop. I know. It's yeah, So I am someone who loves thrift stores, but is not handy with a needle. Um, mm -hmm. For someone like me, how do I start getting into upcycling and, you know, having more, I guess, consideration for my clothing? Um. Visual mending is good. Okay. If it's not upcycling, you can do, um, you can try visual mending. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, visual mending can be something, you know, if you have, uh, let's say, defect or stain on your clothes, you can do some, um, some embroidery on top of this uh, defect and cover it up. And this will be as well visual mending. And uh, if you use, let's say, a big blunt needle yeah. with a big eye, it will be very easy to you to, to use it for embroidery with yarn. Mm. Um, and you can, I don't have, oh, yeah, probably I can show you this here. Yeah, embroidery with yarn or ribbon. So that's yeah. embroidery with ribbon. Uh -huh. This is what you use a big blunt needle for. Wow. It's half centimeter ribbon. And you just put it through a big uh, needle eye and you embroider it. So that's uh, how I did. And that's embroidered with yarn. That's brilliant. Yeah. If you just, if you don't do uh, any big projects or any creative stuff. So if you just use this line, just simple stitch, running stitch on uh, your um, maybe solid color blouse, maybe gray, brown, something that is not really... Uh, giving your face this sparkle you know some mm -hmm. colors are not really our colors so you can add something like this bright and uh, you know make your garment more joyful mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just maybe two colors around neckline and something you know there are different ways and as i say uh i mentioned it at my course once uh, if you apply Marie Kondo's principle to upcycling, you do it like that. 
you take a garment that you haven't worn for a while, you mm -hmm. hold it, and then you give it some love, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you look at it, and then you see what's missing. And then you have this special connection, and then this garment will tell you what's missing, and this garment will help you with projects. <laughs> that's that's brilliant, and I love that. That I love that it all revolves around a story, right? So it's the story of how you got this piece, of how it spoke to you, and how you yeah. customized it. I, I love that. I love, you know, I think that a lot of people are afraid of expressing themselves, especially in like a corporate environment or something like that where they can't yeah. you know they have to be more conservative or mm -hmm. and so i think that you you had mentioned the student with the beige and the white threads and i think that you know what i'm getting from this is it, it runs the gamut you know it can be this story that stops people in their tracks and where is that from where did you get that or these little you know these little touches that just make it so personal to you i love that it, yeah. it just can run the gamut of that yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, it makes it really unique and personal because that's also the skill that not everybody can do for different reasons, you know. But once you try, even a little tiny detail will make a big difference. So where would you recommend a person, let's say they've been, they have a sewing machine and I know a lot of people have been making masks and have been, you know, so what is the someone who has a sewing machine and has been you know dabbling in this but now how do you how do you advise them to go to the next level with it um it depends uh, um what you would like to achieve mm -hmm. uh, if for example you know already you have a few garments that you don't wear and i suggest you start working with them first so if you would like to start upcycling uh, start something new as upcycling you need to stop doing a few things mm -hmm. you need to stop buying new clothes and you need to stop taking your clothes that you don't wear to charity shops mm. so when you stop doing these two things then you have already a few items that you can work with okay. and for example if something that you don't wear and you don't you're sure 100 that you will never wear it again mm -hmm. then you can use this fabric for patches for appliques for any details that you can add for example here uh, if you look on the front even changing the buttons it makes a big difference mm -hmm. here i had i think brown buttons they were yeah and these are yellow buttons and this is men's tie oh my goodness that's great and it matches this theme here yeah. and it's silk tie um i'm sure um, everybody can have will have a few ties that they probably no longer wear mm -hmm. my our husbands and brothers whatever, <laughs> you know, relatives friends yeah they can donate you to play with them mm -hmm. you know or you can buy them in charity shops 100 one, one pound or two pounds you know they're so cheap yeah yeah so that's a little uh, detail i added i i cut the sleeve it was long sleeve so okay. now it's this and change the buttons even changing the buttons it will make a big difference if you don't want to do anything extreme like this change the buttons mm -hmm. and uh, yeah uh, detail here maybe if you have ribbons at home mm -hmm. or any trims you can use them to add detail on your collar here 
just whatever you like. Uh, once you start, you will have uh, uh, an interrupted flow of ideas. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I love that you can just kind of, you know, look around and just find new purposes for things. Like you said, the ties or scarves mm -hmm. or old yeah. clothes. So tell me about your Facebook page that you, that that's your main hub, right? Um, there, I started this uh, Facebook page in 2017 and I called it Seven Crafts Boutique. And at that time it was number seven. And these were different things that I tried, all different crafts. And uh, uh, I used different objects. And it was just before I took textile fabric direction. Okay. So, uh, and then... I thought, okay, what I'm going to do uh, and textile. And I had this idea. I had this idea, big project to have a sewing gig around the UK. Mm. And uh, I imagine myself in a camper van or something like that, going <laughs> around the places and telling people what's happening with fast fashion and what's happening in charity shops, you know, and uh, show them basic sewing techniques, mending, and show them what they can do with their items, upcycling, and uh, just give away basic sewing kits. I have them already, and then we had this uh, pandemic, and so I had to stop. And then I decided I'm going to take it all online. So uh, that's how my website was born, <laughs> Slow Fashion Bus Co. UK. Okay. And uh, I have a group as well, Slow Fashion Bus, Upcycle and Mend. Okay. So this is where I share ideas. And the plan is to have uh, weekly, maybe webinars, one hour or something, chat with people and share my ideas, project, and show them a few stitches. So just some, you know, free chat sessions, chat and stitch. <laughs> I love that. Just taking the literal sewing circle i guess and putting it I just yeah. Online. yeah 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 it's fun well if someone uh, doesn't want to sew they can bring their knitting project and sit in front of the screen and show us what they're doing you know or crocheting or embroidery and you know it's different <laughs> so in that group like what is the just most out there thing you've seen so far has someone like i don't know made a mohawk out of fabric or something <laughs> Um, there was a lady from Bristol, mm -hmm. I think, and she was uh, uh, showing us her embroidery project, raised embroidery, and she showed us a few projects that uh, were already completed and were framed on the wall. Okay. Absolutely amazing. And this is something that I was reading about in in a book. It's called Stump, Stump Work, uh, Raised Embroidery. Mm -hmm. And that's the technique that was used uh, 16th century in England and uh, 17th century, where people were embroidering fine casks with silk linen, and it's very, very delicate work. And there are a few of them preserved in museums, and they're very beautiful. Wow. And still, we're using the same technique, and it's really beautiful. And she had made some of those. Yeah, she made some landscapes, uh, like little garden uh, scene, you know, this sort of nature. That's incredible. Very beautiful, yeah. So for someone 
who wants to find out more information about this, where would you direct them to go? Uh, about embroidery. Just about, about, about what oh. you do, your upcycling and sustainable fashion. Oh yeah, uh, my website uh, is the first point where everything, all information is there, slow fashion bus uk. And uh, Seven Crafts Boutique is my Facebook page. And please, yeah, have a look. Welcome. I post everything uh, to all places. So, yeah, all my links are there. Well, fantastic. And I will link to that in all the show notes, too, so everybody can just head right to it. But yeah. thank you so much. This has been so interesting. And I love seeing all of your designs. You know, for those who are listening, go on YouTube and we'll show you all of the designs. But go to... Alicia's page too, so you can see all of those fun things. Um, thank you so much for this. This has been so informational. Thank you, Megan, for having me. And I hope whoever's listening, hope you will check the information and you will get interesting, uh, you know, and try to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, one thing before you go. At the end of every month, I'm planning to do a Q&A special, answering all of your questions, either about what we just talked about or anything in between. I'm happy to hear back from you and help you out if I can. If you could do me a favor and go to thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan, you can leave your comment or your question there and I'll be able to get it. I'll be able to answer it on the next episode on the next Q&A episode. Again, the address is thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan. Askmegan is all one word. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you. On the next episode. But they sleepwalk through their days and they're satisfied with their current life or they're afraid to, to rock the boat, as the old expression goes, to see if there might be something better for them. She said, 